Welcome. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for Milwaukee's philanthropic community, where we highlight local people and organizations that are doing great things in our community and making a difference in the lives of others. I'm your host, Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach at Ellen Becker Investment Group. There was a compilation of statistics done from four different national health organizations that showed that there's a condition that exists that affects more people in the United States than diabetes, heart disease, and cancer combined. 126 million, or 55%, of all adults experience this condition on a daily basis. What is it? Chronic pain. Chronic pain is defined as pain on most days or every day for the past six months. The 100 million plus people who suffer from chronic pain doesn't even include those with acute pain conditions or children in pain. More than one quarter of adults aged 20 years and over, or an estimated 76 million people, report that they have a problem with pain of any sort that persisted for more than 24 hours in duration. 20 years old. Can you imagine? I'm in my 50s and experience chronic pain. Can you imagine someone in their 20s having to deal with that on a daily basis? Oh, my goodness. Back issues, interestingly enough, seem to lead the pack with 6 million people dealing with chronic back pain. There are 28% of people suffering from lower back pain specifically, 15% from severe headaches or migraine pain, and 15% from neck pain. So there's obviously ample proof that there's a significant public health problem here, and it's costing at least 560 to $635 billion, billion with a B, annually, which is equal to about 2,000 for every person living in the United States. And there are over 4,000 doctors in the United States in practice for pain management alone. So do you think there's a need out there for innovative ways to prevent, manage, and treat chronic pain so we can get our health back and lower some of these ridiculous numbers? I think most of us would answer with an emphatic yes. Absolutely. Please, someone. <laughs> My first guest today is Jory Prajinsky, founder of Hope Instilled. Hope Instilled has a goal of helping people with chronic illness and pain take an active role in the recovery process so they can improve the quality of their lives. Thanks for joining us today, Jory. Jill, I'm, I just have to say it's a blessing to be here. Wonderful. It is indeed, isn't it? Well, give us some background on the name Hope Instilled. It's very interesting because hope actually became a part of me without me knowing. I was born with my feet severely twisted to one, in one direction. So I literally came in this world disabled. And my parents, when I was a newborn, had to put my legs in these steel braces every night. And so their hope was that their newborn was going to have good, strong, healthy legs and be a good, strong, healthy young man that could get into lots of trouble and <laughs> be what a normal young boy would be. And it worked, every part of that. Um, and so also they instilled it in me. But course I didn't know it was something that just was a seed that was back there um, taking me through so so tell us then what did you specifically journey through you talked about you know what you went through as as an infant um, but what did you journey through that instilled hope within you 
Now the fun begins. Oh, okay. Wow. In 1987, um, you were just mentioning someone in their 20s. I was 26 years old. I um, injured my L5-S1 disc at work, ruptured it. Young, healthy, never smoked, barely drank, went through the conservative treatments, didn't work, ended up having to have surgery. Now, I was literally the poster child for the perfect back surgery candidate. And I thought, okay, fine, let's do this. I have a mechanic background, so my mind is let's fix and move forward. So in 1989, newly married, had my first back surgery. All right, go through recovery. Surgery went well. Recovery went well. All right, let's move on with life. Did okay until into 1993, and I started having a lot more pain. And through a course of events, I ended up with a, my second surgeon. Well, I found out the first fusion failed. Oh, dear. And in that moment, I mean, people ask, did you ever find out why? It's like, no, you're in pain. You just want to get the pain taken care of. So November of 93, had my second fusion. Went through the recovery. Again, surgery went well, Jory. The recovery went well. Everything was looking great. Eight months later, found out that fusion failed. Oh, my goodness. So you start to wonder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. So um, so I ended up having my third surgery October of 1994. I thought, hey, you know, two surgeries in a year. That's got to do something. That's just like, it just felt right, yeah. you know. Third time's um, a charm, hopefully, yes, right? you know, right? I mean, hope, definitely. Yeah. So went through that surgery. Again, surgery went well, recovery went well, move on with life. I had two young kids, and in 1996, I started having more pain, found out that the last fusion failed. Oh, my goodness. So I then had two surgeries within three days in 1996, and they did surgery. They did hardware, internal bone growth stimulator, everything except duct wire and bailing, duct, duct tape and bailing wire. And mm. I would have been happy to provide that at that point. <laughs> yes. And just fix it, right? And have them put a zipper in the back because just make it easier, <laughs> you know? Um, but those, those finally fused, that finally fused. I had to have the hardware taken out. So the surgeon actually saw with his own eyes that I was fused, but I still went over a year expecting it to fail again because by that point the medical complex PTSD was in there. Mm. I just always was waiting for the surgery to fail even though he saw it. So we moved on from there, went through a year and a half suicidal thoughts, um, moved on to 19, or 2006. I was at a stoplight, sunny afternoon, rear-ended by a pickup truck, inattentive driver going 50 miles an hour. Mm. So from there I ended up with neck injury, bruised skull from impacting the headrest. Um, then in 2013, you can't make this up. You can't make this up. Yes, it's a great movie, yes. you know. <laughs> 2013, I fell face forward at home and I dislodged my L4 vertebra. I was overweight from not being active, lots of pain meds. Well, that went back in place. And I looked down and said, you know what? I got to get rid of this weight. It's not doing my back any good. Didn't use any special diets, just changed how I ate, and I implanted a, a number in my mind, subconscious, and that went to work. Got down to that weight, got off the pain meds, was referred to a chiropractor 
who referred me to additional um, alternative treatment uh, providers, and that was the journey back. That Mm -hmm. is what made a difference. And then the hope instilled started to come together and say, this is my giving back because I couldn't find any of this information. And, I mean, I tell people I was just plain – I was just too stupid to give up. Um, And I had every reason I could have. But I kept coming back. So it was like, okay, I don't want somebody else to go through that same thing. So what we provide is, for me, it's a give back. It's I'm reaching my hand out because nobody ever did that for me. Mm, Yeah. And then we could move forward. Hmm. So – that's quite a compelling story, right? I mean, it kind of supports all those statistics we were talking about, you know, before about, you know, you can't, like you said, you can't make this stuff up, but there's a lot of people that are suffering. And so Hope Instilled offers hope to those that are suffering from chronic pain. And how do you, how do, you do that? I mean, what, what, what are the different things that you do? My motivation for our nonprofit was to provide information that people could actually read and understand. Because when I looked... Everything was medical. Or they're trying to sell you something. I didn't want to provide that. I wanted a place people could get information. So we have over 20 different alternative treatments listed. And folks can see what they're about, read more information. Nobody's pressuring them. We don't, we don't provide treatment. We don't uh, endorse any specific treatment or provider. We're just giving information and that hope to others. And to try to make a difference in this world around us, because that's what the you statistics. Needed, right? Yes, the yeah. statistics you said are horrible. Yeah, and literally, other than my hope, there's no reason I should be here today. Mm-hmm. Well, you. So the best thing is for people to check your website out to talk to to look up all the different ways that you can offer resources and offer help. And more, most importantly, offer hope, right? Um, you also have a program called Hope Against Pain. What is that exactly? Hope Against Pain um, actually is the stages I went through to um, to not give up. And never understood, never even thought about the creating that program until we were going through the business development plan for building out hope and still and also realize we need to stop we need to develop this i had to actually go back and try to figure out what i did to get through i was like okay i don't know i just you know um but it was 10 stages that i went through and they're like acceptance I, i had to accept what happened to me um believe in yourself forgive i forgave all my surgeons I forgave that driver. Never anything, never any follow-up. Just what am I going to do? That's just baggage, mm-hmm. and it's going to weigh me down. Right, right. And again, nobody was telling me to do that. Something was inside me that that was what made sense. Um, grieving, that is one of the biggest things. It's a human experience. We do need to grieve for who we no longer are. That is necessary. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. So we came up with Hope Against Pain. It's an action-based support group. 
it has never been created before specifically to address chronic pain. And each member gets a workbook. They can begin to develop their own action plan to be able to start coming back from where they're, what they've been through. And again, the support is there. Yeah. We're always Which available. Is so, so important. Yes. Yeah. And, and you had mentioned, um, you know, and again, it's supported in the statistics that not everyone's pain is the same. I mean, people have lower back pain. They have severe headaches or migraines. They have neck pain. Um, you know, there's all different types of pain issues and also all different programs that you offer or modalities available. So the best way to find out more about that is to go to your website, and we'll talk about that uh, at the end of the next segment. But um, Charles Dickens once said, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burdens of others. And it seems like Jory is is exemplifying that uh, that quote. Stay tuned, and after the break, we'll learn what Jory has learned along his journey and how he's helping to lighten the burden of others. We'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm talking with Jory Prajinsky, founder of Hope Instilled. So according to Dickens, no one is useless in this world who lightens the burdens of another. So Jory, share with us what you've learned through your personal journey and how then you're turning around and using that experience to help others. There are a couple of of significant things I learned, uh, tools and again, I have mechanic background, so tools are part of my mindset. One which actually now I'm trying to give up, I am very good when I'm having a bad day or having pain. I am extremely good at shutting down and shutting everyone out around me and disconnecting mm. because I don't want to be a burden to anyone else. I've gone through so many years, somebody will ask, how you doing? And I knew they really didn't want to know. They're just asking that nice generalized question and so you say i'm here and you go from there um but i've gone through down so far to the point of only existing and i had to work to get back to the point where i was surviving Mm. and now i am back up to living Mm. because i'm healed and healing great quote i found healing does not mean the damage never existed it means that damage no longer controls your life. Mm, that's wonderful. It's possible. Yeah, great quote. The most beautiful thing that I learned is what it is we're doing, that you're not alone. Mm. You are not alone. And there's still days I, I kind of wrestle with that. It's like, wow, I am not alone. Mm. There's 126 million people out there that share your chronic pain, right? Right. So if we have an opportunity to touch one of those lives at whatever time of their day, be it be it middle of night, weekend, whatever it is, when they are in those places, because I've been in those places, and they're horrible. And if we're able to be available to touch their life and help them get through that moment, then we're successful. Yeah. Wow. Well, you um, you have a, a program that you are involved with called Ability Fest 
USA, um, which is part of the way that you are helping to lighten the burden of another, right? So uh, tell us more about that. AbilityFest USA is, um, again, something that's never been done before. It seems to be part of what I do. Uh, there's a group of us that have put this idea together, um, which is great to work that way. But what we're doing, um, we're bringing together all the resources. So right here in the general, you know, greater Milwaukee area, all the resources and organizations who support people living with disabilities. And we're going to have them in one place. So like I have in Hope Instilled, somebody hears about Reiki, they can come out and check out Reiki, but then they'll see, um, well, what is this Qigong? What the heck's that? What is myofascial therapy? Oh, chiropractors, they're going to break my bones. Oh, I can actually read about that. We're doing the same thing with Hope with Ability Fast USA. But in addition to that, we're bringing in um, all of the adaptive and um, arts because there's Milwaukee Ballet, Ballet Without Boundaries, Pink Umbrella Theater Company, beautiful place. We've interviewed them, Pink Umbrellas. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I listened to Katie. Yes. Uh, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're bringing those together. We even have a, a puppet master person that does puppetry and he's disabled and i mean how beautiful is that share that what if somebody comes through they read about they see stuff on our website uh, or however they get exposed to what we're offering and we touch somebody's life i mean we even have somebody who does adaptive horticulture i mean i have a friend of mine he has a salsa garden i'm like wait you're in the backyard dancing you know (laughs) but it his it's his passion and it's something he found which makes a difference in his life. Mm. So that's what we're putting together with Ability Fest USA and reaching out beyond. Um, hope instilled has touched every continent. My mindset is the problem is everywhere. We need to reach out everywhere. And so um, so much of this is intermixed. My support group model is going to be virtual because we need to be able to reach everyone. Ability Fest USA is going to be uh, virtual. And we have an event coming up this year, but we're also going to have this be virtual because we could have somebody who is in Albuquerque or they're in um, Kalamazoo or wherever, and they hear about it and they're interested. And they're able to get the information they need, which can improve the quality of their life. So naturally, Need to go virtual, right? Right, and you can impact so many, so many more people that way, right? Exactly. Yeah, um, and you guys are doing great things. Uh, great. I would encourage everybody to visit uh, the Hope Instilled website, which Jory will tell us what it is and the best way to contact him uh, in just a little bit. But um, you're doing so many great things to lighten the burden of others, which is fantastic. Um, Charles Dickens would be so pleased, right? <laughs> um, but what about you and your organization? What would you say is your greatest need as an organization? Our our greatest need, as as so many of them are, is funding for be able to do, do development. Everything I've done so far has been self funded. This is wow. Okay. So, um, but we're also looking for volunteers. We're looking for people to come on board to help us with our next expansion of Hope Instilled, in addition to the work we're doing with Hope Against Pain, in addition to what we're doing with Ability Fest USA. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people out there that this is going to touch their lives. They know the importance. Everyone has been touched by someone with chronic pain. Come on, let's let's get together on this, and let's change the world, Absolutely. one person at a time. Absolutely, very well said. Uh, well, give us contact information now for those listeners that are saying, I'm on board. I want to join with Jory and, and work uh, uh, to get those crazy statistics changed, right? Um, so how would people contact you? Uh, the easiest way is my email, J-O-R-Y-P, as in Peter, at hopeinstilled.org. The website is hopeinstilled.org. Hopeinstilled is one word. Dot org, and my phone number is four one four seven three one seven nine three nine. Again, that's four one four seven three one seven nine three nine. Awesome. Well, Jory, thank you for being here today and sharing your passion with us about how you want to lighten the burden of others. Thank you for allowing me to get the message out. You are welcome. You're welcome. We talked about how Jory is using his knowledge and his experience to help others experiencing similar challenges. Uh, He told us about AbilityFest USA and how they're using that platform to offer resources and and reach people. Stay tuned to learn about another organization that's reaching out and helping to contribute to options and alternatives for physical activity for people with disabilities and or people who struggle with mobility issues. We'll be right back after a commercial break. You're listening to EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's philanthropic community, brought to you by Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo. And my next guest today is Steve Johnson, founding partner of the Adaptive Athletes Foundation, which seeks to empower those with physical disabilities to transform their lives through exercise and community. Welcome to the show today, Steve. Thank you for having me in. You're welcome. So let's start out here by telling, having you tell us just what is an adaptive athlete? An adaptive athlete encompasses uh, a broad range, but usually it's a, a person with a disability that's uh, seeking to get out and get back and get active. Um, some people are scared away at the, the term athlete initially, but it's really that whole process from uh, a point of injury to getting back off the couch and, and getting back out and, you know, living a full life, uh, being involved and uh, having that sense of purpose and, and that physical outlet, uh, which is met through sports and grows into a whole network of uh, possibilities for an individual. Hmm. So how did you then get involved with Adaptive Athletes? Back in uh, 2014, I was involved in a motor vehicle crash uh, and lost my uh, left leg below the knee. Um, and uh, always having been a real active summer person, uh, you know, after I had gone through recovery and we were coming back up to winter again, uh, I needed to find something to do outside to be active and, and, and to be able to keep uh, my physical health in check. And uh, wouldn't... and. During my time, I found uh, sled hockey and became involved with uh, the Wisconsin Adaptive Sports Association uh, and their sled hockey program. It Mm. was on uh, Sunday nights, and it was my my one thing that I knew I was going to every week. Uh, 
that, that I was going to participate in. Um, initially, when I, I called and, and found out what their op- her opportunities were, I didn't have a background with team sports or with sports in general, uh, but was just looking for something to stay active. And, and I found it within that and then grew into being involved in several other sports as well. So sled hockey. Yeah. I mean, know. I can get a visual, you know, but that, that's got to be pretty strenuous. I mean, hockey in itself is pretty strenuous, but you're going to have to use upper strength and lower strength if you're on a sled. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're on a sled and you're pushing the puck around. Yeah, you're on a sled. You got, uh, instead of one stick, you have two sticks. Uh, one end is a traditional hockey stick looking to handle the puck. And the other end has a carbon fiber spikes on it uh, that you turn around and use to propel yourself across the ice. So it's a good upper body and core strength workout, um, as well as being a a physical full contact sport. Wow. Well, give us an idea of some of the other things that are available um, through the uh, adaptive athletics. Um, Locally, we have uh, wheelchair lacrosse, wheelchair basketball programs. Uh, wheelchair tennis. Uh, I'm active with uh, Adaptive Golf and the Wisconsin Amputee Golf Association. I sit on their board of directors. Um, so there's really, you know, when when we looked at a, a sport and look at making it adaptive, we want to change as few of the rules as possible to accommodate the disability. And, and whether it be the introduction of a, a wheelchair into the sport or whatever it is to, to keep everything uh, on a, a the level to what it is in the in a current sport. Okay. And are these programs available all over the state, or is this primarily southeastern Wisconsin? They're available all over the state. Um, we play teams uh, from across the state, Illinois, um, and there's... Across uh, the border down south you go to? Yes, we do. We <laughs> do uh, We do cross the border. Um <laughs> And uh, is a rivalry like there is, you know, between other sports teams from down south or up north? Uh, you know, a little bit on the ice, but with the adaptive sports, what you find is uh, when the competition's over, uh, we're all one big group and, and one big community. And that's where uh, our mission comes in is, is forming those relationships that, that transcend uh, sports and and get into to everyday lives. I have guys that I see when I go to national competitions. Um, uh, I'll see them several times a year because they'll they'll be at the hockey tournaments, they'll be at the lacrosse tournaments, and we've just become you know real good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our opportunity to to share uh, what works for our training, what's working in, in our life. I have a, a friend uh, down in Indianapolis that. Uh, is in a wheelchair uh, and had given up on, you know, trying to get their prosthetics to walk and uh, to get things to work out for him. And he said that it had been about, you know, 10 years and, and uh, he wasn't trying anymore because he didn't have anybody that, that could get it right. Um, I introduced him to, to my prosthetist and uh, not that long ago, he's, he's back up on two feet walking. Mm. So... It's the kind of stuff that really transcends everything and, and changes lives. And uh, there's a, a, a different feeling when you get together with a group of adaptive athletes because there's no longer the first conversation isn't you're missing a leg and, and how does that relate? It's, 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 you know, you're missing a leg, I'm missing an arm, I'm in a wheelchair. You know, let, let's get over that and, and down to just a regular conversation. So it's a real natural flow. Yeah, wonderful way to build friendships. 
you know, you have a common ground and yeah, that's wonderful. So you decided to start a foundation to support this cause. Tell us about that. Really what uh, we do at the Adaptive Athletes Foundation is is uh, filling in that, that need of, of reaching out to find people that uh, haven't found adaptive sports or uh, the word athlete is scaring them off and, and break it down and say that, you know, uh, an athlete is, is, is everybody. It's, it's that desire to get out there and, and make a difference. Mm-hmm. I have teammates uh, from 11 years old to 72 Mm. Uh, and all abilities in between. You know, I uh, by no means am an elite athlete on the ice, uh, but, you know, I, I build and get stronger, and it's those improvements that you make along the way uh, yeah. throughout the time. Life lessons, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, so the foundation was put together to support the cause in terms of getting uh, building awareness, getting resources out there? Yeah, building awareness, getting resources, and, and providing a, a network uh, for the athletes to interact with each other um, outside of the uh, direct channels with USA Hockey or USA Lacrosse um, and share that, you know, this is what's working for me in my training. Uh, we work with uh, our athletes in, in uh, yoga, I'm an adaptive yoga instructor. Nice. Um, something that I found by way of a, a pain management program and uh, found to be very successful in my life and have brought that to some of my fellow athletes. And we have uh, other athletes that are, have areas that they've uh, gone on and, and done strength training and, and become personal trainers, and they're working you know, with, with their like-minded uh, athletes amongst themselves as well. Hmm. Um, so it's really a, a cross-country basis. Yeah, and I, I imagine uh, collaborative efforts are important. You know, Hope Instilled, you work with, with uh, Jory uh, in certain capacities, and uh, my understanding is that you just want to make people aware of the resources that are out there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so stay tuned, and you'll hear about an annual conference that's being held right here in southeastern Wisconsin that supports the adaptive athlete. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG, Milwaukee's philanthropic community, with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to Milwaukee's Philanthropic Community, brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach. And I'm talking with Steve Johnson, founding partner of the Adaptive Athletes Foundation. So we said before the break that there's actually an annual conference that is coming up right here in our area that supports adaptive athletes. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, every uh, October, usually uh, Halloween weekend, we have our annual Adaptive Athletes Conference. And what that was really born out of is is when we started the organization, um, we'd see different uh, friends from across the country at different sporting events uh, when we travel for a sports competition, though, the focus is usually uh, right on the sports competition. You're there to play sled hockey for the weekend, or you're there to play wheelchair lacrosse for the weekend. Um, you're playing a couple of games a day, um, and there isn't a lot going on at night. You know, everybody goes back to their different hotel rooms. Um, when we come into town, uh, the volunteer resources at the group that's hosting us is usually taxed to 145%, so there isn't that extra little bit to, to put the social structure into it. 
So we said we want to get together in a, a more or less formal uh, fashion as far as uh, being constrained with a, a competition and be able to have presentations on what's working for training. Uh, we reach out to uh, local gyms so that we'll have a, a gym available that if a group wants to go out and play a pickup game of wheelchair basketball or lacrosse, they can do that. We'll make arrangements with uh, a facility like the Ponds so that we'll have an ice rink available that if guys want to go out and play a, a game of sled hockey, uh, that's available. Um, as well as at the hotel, we have uh, breakout rooms and programming available to appeal to what their interests are through the day. And then at night, we all come back together and we have uh, our banquet and then uh, have a band come in and we have our entertainment for the evening and uh, everybody spends the night in community. Entertainment on top of all that other stuff? Absolutely. Wow, that's awesome. Well, what do the participants take away from the event? You know, again, we talk about having an impact on someone else, you know, using our time, our talents, our passion to impact somebody else in some way. So here you are putting together this conference. What, other than the things that you talked about already, what what are some of the things that the participants take away from the event? Our, our participants walk away with the, the magic from our event, and that's the being revitalized and energized and having spent the weekend amongst people uh, where they're in their normal. Uh, it's not a focus on, on what's different with them. It's a focus on who they are and what they bring to the table. Um, it's a, a weekend of, of sharing stories and successes and uh, when you're listening to somebody else's story and they're saying that this is what they're doing, that light bulb just pops on in your head. They're like, hey, I bet you that would work in my life. I can do that. Um, it's just no telling what people get inspired to do uh, in those times sitting around the tables and those friendships that are formed. Yeah. And uh, Jory, I believe, was talking about the fact that you guys are going to be available virtually uh, so that whatever anybody's situation is, um, they can still get all this great information. Absolutely. We uh, always have a virtual component to what we do, and a lot of our training during the year is done virtually just because um, our geographic area that we serve is, is so diverse. It's We have teams all across the country, so um, we do a lot with the yoga, with, uh, with the virtual yoga um, in those areas, and, and the conference is the same way. We want to make available to we'd love to have everybody come and be here in person uh, but for those people that aren't able to be uh, we can offer the virtual component which also gives us the ability to uh, have that be available on demand afterwards as well so that information lives on as well well that's a great uh, that's a great idea because again we talk all the time about knowing your resources and if someone isn't available at the time that the uh, conference is going on, it's nice to know that they can reach out and, and still get all those, get more information about the resources you offer. So how can people get more information about the conference specifically? Um, you can check our website, adaptiveathletesfoundation.org, um, and all the latest information is there and, and updated and current. Okay. So, you know, we're happy to contribute to the awareness of this topic. At the beginning of the segment, I was talking about how more than 126 million people are affected by chronic pain in some way due to injury or uh, accident. And so we know that, that it's important. It's, it's a topic that's very important, and we want to make sure people are aware, uh, again, of the resources that are available. And you guys do a great job at getting the word out. But what would you say is your greatest need or your call to action if someone's listening out there and they want to 
help the Adaptive Athletes Foundation in some way? Our greatest need is finding those people that are uh, in a situation where they're, they're not aware of the uh, adaptive sports community, um, whether it be a recent injury or, or they're, they're, they don't know where to move next and, and they don't know how to get back out and to re-enter that world and, and to redevelop their space. Um, it can be a self-conscious situation for people to uh, go outside with a prosthetic for the first time or be in a wheelchair and... and uh, you know, having a group like ours and, and having a resources like the sports to be able to do that amongst people that are going through the same thing really is, is empowering. And, and the first couple of times it, it feels a little bit awkward and then you don't even think about it. And that applies, you know, over to life. Um, and of course, with any organization, uh, financial resources are always uh, stressed and uh, we're doing the best that we can with what we got. And with more resources, we can do more magic. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody, we all can, right? Mm -hmm. So why don't you share, Steve, one more time, um, contact information, websites, phone numbers, best way for people to get a hold of you or the Adaptive Athletes Foundation. Sure. The uh, Adaptive Athletes Foundation website is www.adaptiveathletesfoundation.org, and I can be reached at steve at adaptiveathletesfoundation.org. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing how you're helping the disability community with regard to physical activity options and overall improved health. Good luck on your sled hockey and all the things that you're involved in. Um, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, and thank you for Ellen Becker Investments to have us in and uh, bring light to these great topics. You are certainly welcome. I also want to thank our first guest today, Jory Prajinski, founder of Hope Instilled. Thank you both for joining us today on our show. Uh, hopefully this information will make a difference for the more than 126 million people who struggle with chronic pain every single day. If you'd like further information about what we talked about today or you uh, would like to be a guest on the show, you can email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or you can call our office at 262 691-3200. Join us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to hear more stories of great people doing great things in our community using their passion and philanthropic efforts. Tune in either on AM 1130 on your radio or Newstalk1130.com on your computer. You can also tune in via the iHeartRadio app. You can visit our website at ellenbecker.com for previously aired interviews, and you can also listen on demand at Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or Apple Podcast. I hope you found the information we shared today helpful, either for yourself or for a loved one. Share the resources you learned about today, and I'm confident it'll make a world of difference for someone. Be a part of this movement of making a difference. As always, find a way to be a blessing and give a blessing. Hashtag BabGab. Enjoy this beautiful day.